Same old, same old. Arsenal getting bullied. Norwich City forgetting the line between bravery and naivety. Liverpool producing a commanding performance at Anfield, whereas their arch rivals Manchester United still finding it hard to break teams who defend deep. A crazy weekend at La Liga with Real both scoring and conceding three against Levante. Serie A started with Ronaldo getting booked for celebrating an offside goal and in Bundesliga, well, Dortmund continue to disappoint. Save old, save old. Welcome everyone to episode 26 of Sports Church, where we had all the European leagues started properly now and we had a quite of non-football things to also to talk about. Now to do that, as usual, let's welcome Ishan. Hi guys, hope you're having a great start to the week. Excited to talk about what happened in the leagues this weekend. Great. Now let's start with the usual English Premier League. Now EPL had an eventful game week, but let's start at North London where Chelsea defeated Arsenal 2-0, goals from Lukaku and Rhys James. But Ishan, first things first, Lukaku. Man, Lukaku made, and we knew this in a way, because, you know, he's not the same Lukaku who played for Man United. We've discussed this over multiple podcasts where he is just a far superior forward right now, especially after the tutelage of Antonio Conte. And it showed, it was his first game for Chelsea after eight, ten years at least? Uh, about six, seven years, Aram. Yeah. And it felt like he'd never left. He fitted in and he literally made the Arsenal defense feel like they were children in a Sunday league game. The way he shoved Mari to get through on goal for the first goal, Mari felt like he was like, it felt like he was swatting a fly. And... <laughs> And it was just unbelievable how actually just not just Lukaku, how easy Chelsea had it. I thought, you know, after the Brentford loss, Arsenal would at least give some kind of a fight. But it was not like they didn't try hard. They were just so inferior. Yeah, man. It was really bad. See, Lukaku, we all know he is good. We are not doubting his performance. We are not doubting his ability. He's really tough to defend against. But Arsenal's performance didn't help either. Like, as you said, Pablo Mari was absolutely getting bullied left, right and centre. Like, we all got to know, it was very clear to see this is how Chelsea are going to play. And I felt like Arsenal did nothing to stop that. I mean, Lukaku was simply holding the ball and let people like Mount, Reese James, Alonso, Havertz to, to run behind him. And he was just simply passing the ball to them. The two goals, first goal and the second goals, Reese James had acres of space in front of him to run. Kieran Tierney was totally off his position and he did nothing to stop Reese James getting into those areas. Even Bukayo Saka did nothing from the defensive side to, to stop Reese James getting into those positions. Attacking standpoint, I thought Arsenal were better than what they did against Brentford. Like not a benchmark you should compare Arsenal with, but still. You have to say the Teams, if you're looking at the teams, Chelsea are a far, far superior team, very well coached. I mean, let me just go through their bench. They had Thiago Silva, Kante, Timo Werner, Chaloba, Kurt Zuma, Ben Chilva, Lakim Ziyech. They were just a far superior team and it could have ended 4-0 final. I felt Chelsea took off, uh, kind of took it off a little easier in the second, second half. 
I think what's like what's actually scary was that most of the Chelsea team still haven't figured out how to play with Lukaku, right? They still need to. They're working towards building that chemistry, and it was still so dominant. So it's a very scary prospect for Chelsea as a whole. For come, you know, when other teams are looking at Chelsea, they're going to be really tough to beat this season. Yeah, and this is how they are going to score tons of goals this season. The way they scored the first goal, second goal, you could expect that from Chelsea a lot from this season. Now, if Chelsea storm their authority as a title contender, title contender for by. Uh, through this victory the other title contender who is manchester united well actually well they faced a similar problem pretty much the problem that they were facing under ole for a while now like unable to break defenses running out of ideas i think so i have to give big props to southampton the way they played uh, you know i remember both of us were really counting them out of this you know surviving in this league after the first game and they really gave it their all especially the home crowd cheering them on really helped them the atmosphere was great uh, at st mary's and yes united missed a beat there uh, my first issue with ole was why did he have to change a team that did so well in the first game yes. right and in the formation change anthony marshall i you know i'm not a big fan let's be very honest of anthony marshall and uh, you know he didn't offer anything uh, chances were there uh, but they were not very clear cut chances bruno bruno fernandes like he always does he plays two great games and then is missing in the next couple of games uh, but yeah meaning they're really missing uh, cavani cavani being there would add that you know attacking potency that they really didn't have but i want to give you know a big shout out to mr paul pogba who is i i don't think i have ever seen him play so well so beautifully he is literally a, a delight to watch when he is in this flow like five assists in two games and he had three the entire last season yeah. that is something and you know uh, but yeah they missed a bit beat it's still the beginning of the season they are still going to varan has not started um, you know sancho still not come to grips with the premier league so it'll take time i'm giving them some time but yeah these are matches they need to win just before i went this i was just thinking in the future a uh, chelsea versus united lukaku versus varan will be a match up to watch yeah in fact i'm waiting for the next weekend like liverpool versus chelsea lukaku versus van dijk will be the first straight for us all to watch now tino yeah. leveramento southampton southampton's right back had a really good game like he won the man of the match he was also one of those chelsea youngsters who had to leave the club to play to get games so yeah that's one good thing now let's round up all the other results we were just talking about liverpool they won 2-0 against burnley at anfield pretty much a regulation win liverpool were in control yes there were few chances yeah. burnley had a few chances but liverpool uh, looked pretty much in control jota and mane scored i thought shimikas had a very good game robertson is injured but shimikas filled in pretty well Uh, Aston Villa 2 Newcastle nil Ings scored a spectacular overhead kick otherwise there's nothing much to talk about Newcastle being Newcastle it's going downhill for them Crystal Palace 0 Brentford 0 that's it there's nothing much to talk about this game Leeds to Everton 2 uh, Leeds back at Ellen Road playing their first Premier League game in front of the fully packed home crowd that was a great game actually it was a wonderful game to watch 
Man City 5, Norwich nil. Pretty familiar sight. Not just with Man City. I I I'm, I have a, I have problems with Norwich City. I mean, agree they lost their first two games against Liverpool and Manchester City, but they are making the same mistakes again. It's like the same 2019-20 Norwich City all over again. If they continue to do this, they're going to get relegated their ass off this season also. Brighton 2, Watford nil. Wolves nil, Tottenham won. Now see, Tottenham moved on from uh, Jose Mendes, Portuguese coach who wins boring 1-0 games to a Jose Mendes, Portuguese coach who wins boring 1-0 games. The Nuno Espirito Santos is just a better looking Jose Mourinho. It, it feels like <laughs> that. I, am I don't not know about sure. better looking man. Mourinho is quite the looker in his youth. I love, but, uh, uh, I love I think... Nuno's beard. It's a better beard, actually. Yeah, that's true. You, yeah, once we go live on video with this podcast, everyone, you'll see the weekly changes in Bala's appearance. <laughs> uh, but I think the one interesting point out of that game, I think, uh, was Kane coming on from on the from the bench to replace Son. Uh, all eyes were on Kane because he was on the bench for the first time this season. Uh, still, a lot of doubts about if he's going to be at Spurs or not. As the weeks or that days go by, uh, it looks more likely that he's going to be at Spurs. Uh, I think the one thing we missed was Jack Grealish scored his first goal yes. for Manchester City. Probably the easiest goal he'll ever score. He didn't know too much about it. It just hit his thigh <laughs> and went in. If he had worn those shins, shin pad higher, it probably would have missed. But... Uh, it went in. But I think, yeah, great start by Tottenham. Yeah, you know, both of us were saying that, oh, Harenge, uh, they got lucky in the first game. Uh, but no, 1-0 is still a three-point game. So, good on them. They're in the, you know, top three right now in the Premier League. So, if they keep it up, you never know. Now, it was not just EPL. Even La Liga had crazy game week two. And to start with the craziness, Ishan, Levante 3... Real Madrid 3. Where are you surprised? Uh, I was not surprised, but one thing I'm really happy about, which has changed from last season, is that we are at least scoring goals. Last season was a bit of a drudge for us to score goals. It was either Benzema or nothing. Uh, but we scored four in the first game and three now. Yes, we should have easily won this game. We were dominant in the first half. The second half, I think we lost our minds. We forgot how to defend. Alaba, Nacho, they were not very good uh, in their defensive positioning. And great goal if you, if anyone has seen the highlights, Jose Campania with a great volley for the second goal, which is a brilliant finish. No chance for Courtois. But two things that happened, which I'm very happy about. Uh, Ancelotti went into throwback 2014 mode, starting Benzema, Isco and Bale and they... All of them played really well. Bale, in fact, scored his first goal for Real Madrid in about 600 days. <laughs> and it was a great finish. And he's playing really well, to be honest. And Vinicius, man, he's, I mean, I don't know what Ancelotti has done. He's learned how to finish. Both the goals he scored were amazing finishes. Uh, the second one, especially in the 85th minute that actually saved, got us the draw, was an incredible finish. And, you know, if you see the highlights closely, you know, from normal pace, you think it was a fluke. You look, feel like he was going to cross, but it was actually a deliberate attempt and it was a great goal. Check it out if you want. But I'm not too disappointed. A draw is a draw. It's early in the season. From now on, what? Vinicius starting over Hazard or still Hazard starting? 
yeah man i don't know hazard and the referee who runs more who uh, i it's a competition because all i see hazard doing is just running without the ball uh, it's sad man like he's looking very fit that's a relief he's played two games on the trot which is again a very new thing for me uh, but i think i think more games under his collar i don't see him not starting if he's fit Barcelona too drew their game against Athletic Bilbao at San Mamés. Barca too had a lot of defensive issues. PK went off injured somewhere in the 30th minute. Eric Garcia not only had a horrible game but also sent off uh, towards the end of the game. But some of the positives Memphis Depay it looks like he's been playing with Barcelona forever. He's taken the control and he's doing really well. De Jong had a fantastic game. Pedri finally getting a leave a vacation he's off like he's going off on a two weeks vacation finally so that's actually a good thing in a sense that the guys are finally getting a break but other than that not many positives for barcelona like it's the same old problems it's not they didn't draw they didn't draw this game not because they didn't have messi in their team even if messi was there in the team this game would have ended in a draw or a loss Great. See, I want to. I want to give a big shout out to uh, Inaki Williams, who has not missed a game for the last two and a half years as a centre forward for Athletic Bilbao, uh, which is incredible. And uh, being matched up, I think in the first five minutes, he must have realised that Eric Garcia is like, you know, a lovely piece of fresh meat that he can eat because Eric Garcia actually. feel so look so small in the la liga you know i saw him play a couple of games for city he looked like a decent defender but in, he just looks very small and minuscule and inaki williams just shoved him around like a piece of cake and you know to make as you said make matters work pk got injured he got sent off i am still surprised how koman does not start araho uh, because he's such a great player and he'll obviously now start so it's going to be interesting defense is defense is still a very big weakness for barcelona all right moving on to other results atletico continued their winning run angel korea scored again they defeated elche 1-0 and the one who assisted is their new signing rodrigo de paul this goal was pretty much an action replay of Argentina's goal against Brazil in the Copa America finals. It's Rodrigo De Paul launching a ball and Angel Correa running towards it. Goalkeeper makes a mistakes and then makes makes a mistake and he converts into a goal. Otherwise Atletico it's a 1-0 Atletico game guys. I mean there's nothing much to talk about yeah. that. Uh covering up other results La Liga had a lot of draws this weekend. Real Betis 1, Cadiz 1, Granada Valencia 1-1, Espanyol Villarreal 0-0. Yeah, nothing really significant happening. There are other two more games left that's are happening that are happening tonight. In fact, there is uh, Hetafe versus Sevilla that will be a good game. So if you want to watch it's on MTV. The Italian league Serie A started with a bang with few usual results and one unusual result but we'll start with the champions Inter beating Genoa 4-0 their new signings Jeco and Chalanoglu both scored and gave an assist a very wonderful start for them all the negativity that was surrounding the club with Lukaku leaving with the owners uh, not investing any more money selling Hakimi this is a great start for Inter just to remind you guys they also signed Denzel Dumfries uh the 
Dutch star, uh, if you guys had watched Euro 2000, Euro 2020, he was he was really good. He was probably the only positive that came out of Netherlands uh, in the Euros. But moving on to the game, which actually made a lot of on-field and off-field news, Juve blew a two-goal lead to draw against Udinese. Did you watch the highlights of this game? It was so damn funny. Yeah, I just... It, the title of the highlight should just be Volchek Chesney. <laughs> oh, what a... Hor- no other word. Horrendous mistake. Now, you Juve scored the first two goals. Dybala scored the first goal and Cuadrado goal, scored the second goal. Udinese came back after sc- uh, scoring a penalty and then, as Ishan mentioned, a horrible error from Chesney that led to their second goal. Did you see who scored that second goal for Udinese? No. It was Gerard Delafeu. Remember Gerard Delafeu? Oh my God. Oh my God. He's an Udinese? Yeah. The exact same reaction. I saw it like Delafeu. Oh, he's an Udinese. Wow. Yeah, he's actually a very good player. Uh, poor fellow. Like, had a lot of injury issues and like his career didn't take off. But let's, let's talk about the topic. Mr. Cristiano Ronaldo. To start with, Ronaldo, before the beginning of the game, asked... Allegri to bench him. Apparently, now this is again what we heard in the news, quote-unquote. Asked Allegri to bench him. Came off as a sub. <laughs> scored a winner, which is supposed to be a winner, like 3-2. He was scored the third goal. Went off, took off his jersey, celebrated. Got a yellow card and the goal was ruled offside. So he ended up not scoring a goal, but getting a booking. But let's... Forget all this. What is going on? Like, what's Ronaldo's situation right now with Juventus? If you can. So, uh, I was reading up on what Fabrizio Romano had said on this situation. Uh, there's a pretty strong piece of inside information that uh, Ronaldo has asked to leave. Now, the challenge, obviously, we don't know where. PSG for sure has ruled out getting Ronaldo because obviously, it will be a, like, if they can afford Ronaldo now, it's a bit sick. Uh, so I don't think PSG is going to go for Ronaldo. The challenge right now is that Juventus have not planned for a season without Ronaldo. So they have been very insistent that Ronaldo is going nowhere, no matter the losses. And for people who do not know, Juventus incur a huge loss with the salary that Ronaldo is on, uh, especially due to COVID. Hence, that entire European Super League came about. Yes, Ronaldo has been a huge success in terms of goals and contribution for Juventus. But it's his salary was just not the salary structure Juventus ever had. And they broke that. And that has not proved to be a very sustainable model. And then COVID happened. So they are in a dire situation that nobody talks about. You know, uh, you know everyone who's interested in Serie A, you should read up, on, read up on this. Because everyone talks about Inter Milan... Real Madrid, Barcelona struggling financially, but Juventus is in deep shit. They would welcome somebody who would want Ronaldo at the to take the salary off, but currently there is does not exist a club right now at this stage. And plus, it's too late for Juventus to then look for another you know thirty goal equivalent forward uh, when the season started. So you know they have found themselves in a bit of a fix right now, Juventus. Because they're not very sure where Ronaldo's angst is coming from. You know, I heard a rumor saying Ronaldo might actually move to uh, Spurs, which is going to be funny if that happens. Because <laughs> that's a Mendes club. Uh, so, <laughs> that would be a little strange to see. 
Yeah, if that happens if Ronaldo goes to Tottenham, like that's that's the end of the world, dude. Like let him like watch him play at Europa Conference League. <laughs> that would be quite a sight. All right, great. Now, see, we actually don't know what's going to happen. There's still about eight days left in the transfer window to end. Now, if it doesn't happen, looks a bit unlikely at this point of time. But look, we don't know. A lot of crazier things yeah. have happened over the years. And there's still eight days. And eight days is a long time in football. Now, if, let's say, just for hypothetical sake, if, let's say, Ronaldo continues to stay in Juventus, he still has one year contract left, I believe. So, next year... He's, anyways, his contract is ending. Look at the num- um, number of players who are out of contract by the end of next year. Ronaldo, Pogba, Mbappe. I think Leon Goretzka also in Bayern who hasn't renewed his contract. Yeah. Uh, who am I missing? Any any big names I'm missing? Haaland becomes not a free agent technically, but at least there is a release clause in him. Like if we're talking about this transfer window being crazy, I am totally looking forward to the next one. It's going to be even crazier actually. It's literally, there was, there, was, there was a rumor and an article going along that Real Madrid have piped in at least four of those players for next season because, you know, you look at Modric, Cruz, uh, Ka- Casemiro, all of their contracts end next year. And uh, that's also a lot of salary going out if they don't, re- you know, renew these. So, Madrid have potentially have a great opportunity next year to completely rebuild their squad. Yeah, great. Now, let's quickly run through the other results in Serie A before we close it out. Uh, Roma under Mourinho had a winning start. Roma 3, Fiorentina 1. Lazio also had a winning start. Same result. 3-1. Napoli 2-0 defeated. Venezia, Atlanta again a winning start. 2-1. So, there are no surprises there. And there's still two more games to happen in Serie A. Now, Serie A, I don't think it's available on TV yet. I mean, there was a tweet that it was available on Woot. But I couldn't find it on Woot anywhere. So, I'm not sure whether it's actually available or not yet. So, okay. We'll we'll wait for that Indian football fans. Uh, we are being a little uh, unfortunate this season. We are not able to watch both Messi and Ronaldo. Hopefully, we'll get to watch them both in the Champions League. Ishan, let me just say this to you. And and this is to you too, listeners. Next time I bring up Dortmund being title favourites, please, I will never say that again. <laughs> they lost 2-1 to Freiburg. We were just talking about this last week. Freiburg are the crystal palace of, uh, of Bundesliga. And then they, they lost to crystal palace 2-1. Haaland had a bad game. He's still growing frustrated. Would you be surprised if Haaland makes a move this winter? No. Uh, if he stays, he's going to stay for the full season. Winter, A winter signing for a player like Haaland is not happening because that's a mid-season huge influx of funds that club would need to have. Uh, so, you're expecting big clubs to either be struggling at that point to need somebody like Haaland. Uh, why would Haaland want to go to that kind of a club mid-season? He might as well have his options open for next year. Uh, the other very interesting point, and just, you know, we are digressing a little, is Haaland comes with Mino Riola, who comes with a lot of trans- who comes with a lot of agent fees. So a 75 million buyout next year can be touted to about 100 million with Riola getting money. But 175 to 200 is not workable for most of probably any club. So those are factors that should be taken into account when we look at Haaland. But 
like Borussia Dortmund, you know, players change, players come and go, managers come and go, but they're the same, man. They give everyone hope in the beginning of the season and then they just crumble. And, you know, yes, it's the beginning of the season. Bayern are also not playing very well. But not beating Freiburg is a little disappointing. Um, they had a lot of chances. Jude Bellingham had some clear-cut chances that he missed. It's just same old, same old from Dortmund, which is very worrying and for the fans as well. Yeah, and to round off other results, Leipzig had a great result after their initial days lost to Mainz. They defeated Stuttgart 4-0, a great victory for them. And Bayern defeated Cologne 3-2. Again, their first victory in the league, actually. In fact, if you remember last week, they won the German Super Cup defeating Dortmund. And they followed that with a 3-2 win. Lewandowski scored again. Nabri scored twice. Leverkusen defeated Munchengladbach 4-0. Other than that, there were just too many draws. So, that is about Bundesliga Today in Speed Point, we are going to talk about India's performance at the World Athletics Under-20 Championships. Now see, post-Olympics, we are kind of hooked into these kind of Olympic sports to see how we perform and see this is Under-20 Championships. So mostly in the next Olympics, we'll probably see these Indian athletes performing at the biggest stage. Now, this has been the best performance ever for us with three medals, two silver medal and one bronze. So one silver medal coming from the long jump, Shaili Singh, the athlete. Another silver medal coming from a 10 kilometer race, a walk race from Amit Khatri. And a third place medal for a four into 400 meter relay. It's a mixed four into 400 meter relay actually. The team has a Bharat, Priya, Mohan, Sami and Kapil. Now to all these athletes too and to everyone else who participated and missed the medal by a whisker or produced a great performance and to all these athletes, we wish them great success and hoping to see them all back in the next Olympics competing for India. The Paralympics 2020 is beginning tomorrow on 24th August and ending on 5th September. India will participate with their biggest ever contingent. We are sending 54 athletes to participate and we are going to compete in nine different disciplines. That includes, I think, archery, athletics, badminton, taekwondo. I think badminton and taekwondo, we are participating for the first time ever. Now, all the best to all our athletes. The way we supported our Indian athletes in the Summer Olympics game, let's provide the same amount of support and cheer these guys also. And all the best, everyone. That's about it for today, guys. We will see you either on Friday or mostly on Saturday. We'll probably do a podcast after the Champions League draws are done. So we will discuss the groups and give our own sort of predictions. So until then, it's bye from Bala. Bye from Ishan, guys. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, please make sure you hit the subscribe button. And also, please, like we are literally begging to rate our podcast on whichever app you are listening to. It not only helps us, but also new listeners to easily find our podcast. You can also reach out to us on Twitter at the rate Sports Charcha. A big shout out to the Jam Room Audio for our theme music. You can follow the Jam Room on Facebook at the rate The Jam Room Audio. Bye. Oh,